When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Jason Barry started playing the fiddle when he was just 10 years old. By 15, he was working as a freelance fiddler for many local bands in Central Florida. And by his late teens, he was the Florida State Fiddle Champion. He's presently a member of the band Joe Mullins and the Radio Ramblers. He joins me today on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his latest album release, his fourth, entitled Radioactive. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for taking the time to uh, chat with us today. You uh, Are you in Florida or Tennessee? I live in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, grew up in Florida, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Born and raised outside of the Tampa Bay area. Little town called Valrico. Uh, not many people know where that's at, but uh, yeah, uh, it was a good place to grow up. There was a, a lot of music down there, believe it or not. A lot of uh, snowbirds used to come down there in, in the winter uh, through the obviously the winter months, and uh, we always had a chance to uh, meet a lot of good musicians that way. Is that uh, coastal or, or more towards the inward uh, countryside? It's more inward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. more towards the uh, countryside of Florida. Um, and you started at a pretty young age, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I started playing the instrument when I was 10 years old uh, through the uh, school system. Uh, when you entered the fifth grade in Hillsborough County, where I grew up, uh, you had the opportunity to be able to start taking classical violin lessons. And uh, so I started with that. And then uh, a few months later, my dad somehow found this place called the Bluegrass Parlor and uh, it catered to acoustic music, mainly bluegrass and they had lessons there and a jam session every Thursday night. And, of course, you could go in there and, and buy everything that you needed from CDs and tapes to uh, you know, different sorts of publications mm-hmm. to, to help you uh, with your, your journey of learning to play music. Had you been exposed to bluegrass music as a young child? Well, my dad, uh, he loved the music, bluegrass and country music in particular. And his grandfather, my great-grandfather, happened to be a fiddle player and uh my dad was born and raised in upstate New York, along with my mother. And uh, anyway, uh, Dan Charbonneau was his name, and uh, I guess he was pretty well known in upstate New York for his abilities to be able to play the fiddle. But he had passed like thirty or thirty-five years before I was ever born. Okay. So I, I never had a chance to meet him, yeah. but my dad t- he talked about him, and 
and uh, I guess through those stories, it kind of gave me a little bit of an interest to, uh, to eventually want to learn to play the instrument myself. At what age did it did you did it click? Did you realize, hey, I think I'd kind of like to do this? Because I, I, if I read your your bio right, this is you haven't really pursued any other sort of career. Is that right? Well, I mean, being a bluegrass musician, you know, financially, unless you're with certain groups, you know, you tend not to have to, or you tend not to make a, a lot of money. So uh -huh. you, yeah. you find other things to do along the way. But yeah, uh, music is about 80, 85% of what I do. But I guess I was probably about 13 or 14. I was actually at a, uh, a violin competition uh, where they, you know, you play in front of some judges and uh -huh. then they critique you and, and all that sort of thing. And, and uh, I can remember one of the judges asked me, he said, is this something you think you might want to pursue? You know, he was just talking about classical music at that point. But uh, I was like, yeah, I think I, I might actually want to try to do this. And then uh, when my dad found out, he, you know, of course, he was like, we'll do whatever we need to do to, to help you get there. So, you know, if that means more lessons and, you know, going to these different festivals and that sort of thing, we'll, we'll make sure that it, you, know, you get what you need. And uh, so, you know, between mom and dad dragging me to all these different places, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously would have never been able to pursue it to the to the degree that I was able to. Did it? Um, do you remember a time during that part of your life where you it kind of you had this awareness of you know what I I think I could I, I could do this I could I could actually pursue this professionally and 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 you know you said earlier make a living is a is a sketchy word in the music business but uh but do it in a way that it was kind of your main focus yeah well i mean i guess you know when i, I started to make that commitment you know i had to give up some other things you know i was in boy scouts i was playing a lot of baseball i absolutely mm -hmm. love playing baseball and uh you know i kind of at one point thought that might be a career path for me too but uh, I ended up choosing music over all that, and you know, I guess I don't know if it was more stable than any, anything else I was thinking <laughs> about at the time or not. But um, yeah, so when I was about 15 years old, I guess okay. I I had been uh, going to a place called Carl Allen's Historical Cafe, and every Thursday night there they had uh, jam sessions in in these multiple dining rooms that the that the building had. Uh. But in the main dining hall, in the very back, they had a stage. And they would have, you know, four or five, six bands in, on Thursday night perform there. And I got to know all these different people that were performing. And I'd end up playing maybe two or three sets a night uh, with various bands back there. And, you know, a lot of them were also doing gigs throughout the week or on a weekend somewhere at a festival, you know, all local, of course. Uh, but that opportunity, like, really opened my eyes that, hey, I'm actually making as much if not more than what my brother is doing my brother was working at a local grocery store okay and you know making just a little bit more than minimum wage probably and I, I would go play a couple of hours on a saturday night and make just as much as he did after working after school yeah all week at that store so it, it kind of opened my eyes up enough that i think i can actually pursue this and do it yeah yeah that's cool and you jumped on it pretty quick out of high school right as far as getting out on the road with a band yes sir yeah i actually had a, a band lined up uh, called the sam mountain boys so i i had performed at uh Shotoma youth ranch which was a, a festival there in dade city uh, i practically grew up at that festival 
and um, there was a one week in particular that a couple bands that I knew that were local showed up and they didn't have the fiddle players. So I got to fill in and mm. you know, make a little extra cash and that sort of thing. And the fiddle player from the Sam Mountain Boys saw me playing and he was getting ready to step away for a little while and he was trying to find a replacement. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, let's see, that would have been in November of 96. And uh, so I'm in my senior year of high school and I get a call from uh, uh, Jerry Crane, which was the bass player of the Sam Mountain Boys. Hey, uh, we need somebody to fill in this coming New Year's at Sertoma where they're going to have a little New Year's show. Would you be willing to do it? I said, absolutely. And they sent me the material and I spent the next, you know, basically month, you know, cramming everything I could, mm-hmm. trying to learn everything I could. And at the end of the night, um, they said, well, Kenny's leaving and we're, we're needing somebody. Are you interested in the job? You know, I was 17 at the time, yeah. so I'm, I'm still a minor, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, so they, they talked with my mom and dad. Of course, they were there, and, and uh, we ironed out some details. And and from that point forward, I was committed to play with them. And uh, I didn't get to do a whole lot from basically January 1st until uh, until I graduated high school, which was June the 3rd, and I left the house uh, June the 4th wow. to, to hit the road. Wow. And and you've pretty much a steady stream of of some of the some of the bigger names in bluegrass you've been able to play with since then. Yeah, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. Um, uh, you know, we I had an opportunity to, to play in Doyle Austin's band. I was part of Quicksilver for almost six years. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I, yeah, and I, I played with Larry Stevenson for two years. I was the first fiddle player that he ever hired. Um, Carolina Road. Previous to that. I uh, got to, to do a number of gigs with Bobby Osborne in the Rocky Top Express. Cool. Uh, Sonny, Sonny had already retired, but I got to play with, with Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jim and Jesse, uh, before Jim passed, I uh, got to do an Opry date with them. Um, yeah, I, I've been you know just very blessed and very lucky to, to do what I get to do. Does that put you on the road a, a good chunk of the year? Yeah, there's been times that I've been on the road, you know, close to 200, over 200 days a year. Mm, uh, wow. And then there's, you know, it just depends on the season of the band. You know, some bands are, you know, you, you ride a wave and you're on top of that wave and you're busy as you're everywhere. And then the, the wave starts to come down somewhat and, and things start to slow down. But I'm at a point in my life right now where I've got, you know, I've got a, two high school uh, kids here. Uh, I've got a, mm. my daughter's 14 and she's in the ninth grade. My daughter, or my son, excuse me, he's uh, 16, getting ready to turn 17. He's going to be a senior next year. He's wow. a junior right now. Wow. And, you know, they're they're playing sports, you know, football and soccer. And, and uh, you know, when you're on the road yeah, a lot, you miss out on those things. So right now we're just at a good point where I'm getting to see that as well as, you know, with the Radio Ramblers, who I'm playing with right now, yeah. uh, Joe Mullins and Radio Ramblers, uh, we're, we're cutting back just enough to where uh, we're still making – a good living, but also where we're being home and, and getting to see these things and be parts of, of our daily lives with our families. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get those back. So that's awesome that, that you guys are uh, paying attention to that and, and being able to work that into your life. That's cool. Yeah. And you've got some side things too, side projects that you work on. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I, uh, I do a lot of recording here at the house. Uh, I, People send me tracks. I record fiddle and mandolin for people. Uh, also, I, I have the ability to be able to do mixing and mastering here at home, so I, I'm, I do quite a bit of that as well. Uh, I also have for, oh gosh, since I was turned 15, I, I started working on fiddles and uh, doing repair and restoration oh, cool. work. Okay. 
yeah so I, I i do that i buy sell trade on those i, I also build fiddles now uh, i got in that about four years ago yeah that's cool yeah so it's uh, like i mentioned earlier when you're a bluegrass musician sometimes the the road life or the road band that you play with doesn't necessarily help you make ends meet so you find other avenues to to make a, a little extra money yeah it's just a few things that i do um i guess this is kind of a a vague question but i'm always intrigued um you growing up in florida and kind of being a, a product of of that region and then being out with these bands and traveling all over different parts of the country what if if you can answer the question what do you what's the difference between growing up in florida bluegrass versus like carolina virginia and and even i think you mentioned that your granddad had, uh, um, played music in New York. I mean, it, it seems like there's a little bit of a difference between all the different regions. Uh, can you sense that, or do you, were you aware of that once you began playing with other folks? Uh, I wasn't aware of it at the start because I would say Florida's kind of a melting pot mm. of different styles because mm -hmm. I see you had all these people that would come down and spend the winters. You know, you had people coming down from Ohio and Michigan and New York and you know, up the Northeast and, and even some people from the, the Mid-Eastern states like Virginia, North Carolina, they, you know, they'd come down and spend the winters as well. And so you had all these different dialects of playing, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, just the same way that people talk differently in mm -hmm. different parts of sure. the, the state, the United States. So uh, it's the same way with their instruments and the kind of music that they play and tend to gravitate towards. Uh, so it's, uh, I didn't realize that at first, but then once I started branching out and traveling, you know, and you go to upstate New York and you hear a fiddle player, they're, mm -hmm. they're very influenced by the, the whole French Canadian style of playing. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that, that has kind of an Irish vibe to it. And, and then if you go to Texas, you know, they have a completely different style of fiddle playing there. Mm, and, yeah. And Georgia and Alabama, you know, there's a little bit more, uh, I don't know exactly how how to put it, but anyway, it's all different. Sure, and, yeah. You know, and if you go to the mountains of North Carolina and uh, southwestern Virginia, the style of bluegrass there is heavily influenced by old time music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, like if you listen to some of the stuff like Wilson River Band does, uh, Sammy lives in that region, right? And you know, the banjo player of Wilson River Band, and and that he's heavily influenced by the the fiddle playing of Tommy Gerald. Yeah. And, in that whole style sure. so it, it it spills over into their music and and helps shape their sound for for what it is yeah yeah i think a group that hails from a certain region uh if you're if you're into music um a lot you can really start to tell the difference uh and i, I find it interesting um when you can talk to somebody that's been a player long enough that they recognize that and um it, it really makes the different I, I think you use the word dialect it really makes the different dialects of music unique and interesting to track as well yeah yeah and you can you know if you don't hear it necessarily in the music itself you'll hear it in the singing and mm -hmm. the vocals right and true, the yeah. whole style of what they do yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's hard to take somebody from massachusetts or maine and, and bring them down south and, and make them blend in because they're going to use the way that they pronounce <laughs> yeah. their words and it's going to be completely different. Sure, yeah. Um, and and you've uh, you've written some songs, right? I, and and a, at least one album out. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. I love writing fiddle tunes, uh, mandolin tunes. I, I do a lot of that. Uh, I do write uh, singing songs as well. Um, it seems like the inspiration for 
instrumentals comes a lot easier um being that i'm mainly an instrumentalist mm -hmm. uh, I, I do sing but uh not not nearly as much as i actually play so um the instrumental side comes a lot easier to yeah. me uh, but yeah i do write and uh, I, I like to co-write as well uh with people um you know you just you never know what kind of ideas you're going to bounce off each other sure. and, and what you're going to inspire uh, from yourself or to the next person so it's uh, it's fun to co-write as well and you have a solo project out is that correct yeah yeah so I, i've uh, this actually makes my fourth solo project okay uh, the the newest one here is called radioactive uh, on billy blue records yeah um so the the fun part about what we've done with billy blue records on on my this project and the last one is we came up with this persona um and it really just kind of came from this idea of uh uh, oh, I wanted to do a comic book style cover. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I yeah, saw my, that. It's really cool looking. I like it. Yeah, I appreciate it. So my brother, Eric, he's a, a great artist. He's phenomenal at doing comic book style art. That's where his passion's at. Uh -huh. You know, he's, ha he's had to do other things just like a musician would to, to make ends meet and, and uh, you know, does uh, commercial art and design and layout and that sort of thing. And But I, I he's been a part of everything I've done mm -hmm. up to this point. So I, I wanted to make sure that, that he was uh, showcased as well. So when I went to Billy blue, I, I told him this idea that I had for the cover. Well, Ed Leonard, the president of the label said, man, that's a great idea, but let's take it even further. He said, let's do, let's you make like some sort of uh, comic book hero or persona out of, uh -huh. uh, you know, kind of loose basically on what you do. And I said, well, yeah, we, we could do that. I like that idea. And I said, well, what if we do like a whole comic book? Uh, oh, for the cool. inside yeah and do a story yeah and uh that's so they awesome. jumped behind it yeah yeah so they they said let's do that and um so we came on this particular album um i'm the the rambling fiddler and that's my uh superhero mm. name oh, and, that's cool yeah and uh so we we have a an evil dj he's called the shock jock <laughs> and uh yeah that's cool so he's playing this music that's uh turning all these people into zombies and uh so the there's now an emergency, and the the fiddle signal goes up in the air, which happens to look sort of like a bat signal, but uh -huh. it's got a big fiddle <laughs> in it. And, and uh, so the Ramlin Fiddler decides he uh, needs to jump in there and, and save the people of Musicopolis. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. Did, is the songs that you wrote for that, did, did you try to make them fit that idea, or did you write the, did the idea come later? No, the idea for the, for that story came after yeah. we uh, we I had been working on the music for this project for close to two years now, and and I uh, didn't have an idea for the the story on the inside, and then you know I'm, I'm I tend to be a procrastinator and, and wait to the last minute to get things done, and yeah. you know unfortunately it's a trait that I have, good or bad, I don't uh, know. But, I, I understand. I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to where we needed to, to get a storyline for this thing and, and uh, get my brother going on the artwork. And I was racking my brain trying to come up with something just for a title, you know, and I was like, we need to tie this in somehow to the whole comic book theme again. Mm -hmm. and, and and hopefully it, it's sort of musical too. And that's where the term radioactive came sure. from. Yeah is that hey they uh, in comic books they deal with radioactive material and that tends to be where some of the superheroes get their powers from yeah and then you know being that i play with the radio ramblers it kind of ties in with that too being radioactive uh -huh, that's and then, cool and then we're trying to be on the radio too and and get um, people to play the music so you know we're trying to be radioactive yeah in that regards so that's cool do you ever uh 
feel like you'd like to lead your own band one day? Is that something that's in your future maybe? Uh, you never know. Um, there's been times in the past where, you know, we've tried to team up with some other guys and, and it just, the one thing or reason or another, it never panned out mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. You know, I've, uh, I've always believed and even more so as I get older that things happen the way that they're supposed to happen sure. when they're supposed to happen. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if it means that one day that I have my own band or I join up with, you know, four or five other guys and, and we have a band, not just me, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a total band collaboration, then that's okay. You know, and, and if that doesn't happen, you know, I'm content where, where I'm at with Joe and, uh, and what we're doing there. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, I, I've, I've learned if I try to force things to happen, mm-hmm. uh, it, it can work out, but sometimes it doesn't. And I find if I just, I let God handle the situation and, yeah and put me where he needs me when he needs me, then it it tends to work out better. Yeah. Well, you certainly have a good group of guys to to hang out with there for as long as that season lasts. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that I've, Joe's music's great, and uh, I've seen you play with him uh, a time or two. And uh, you know, it's it's a, it sounds like a good bunch of fellas, and it looks like it leaves you room to to do do family and the other things too. So you know, uh, things uh, a good situation sounds like. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a great guy to work for. Um, I, I don't have any complaints at all. Um, just nothing but good to say. And and I, I feel like too, you know, we just released a, a new band project. Uh, called let time ride mm-hmm. and I, I feel like it's one of the, the best things that we've ever done yeah uh, that's good it's, it, yeah everything just kind of fell in place uh, on that project you know from the song selection down to how we all work together yeah. and, and, and trying to decide on arrangements and how everything's going to sound so if uh if listeners want to check out radioactive or any of your other projects uh, or get in touch with you and and about your your uh your fiddle building or or repairs what's the best way how do you like to communicate with people well they can go to my website jasonberry.com that's b-a-r-i-e jasonberry.com and on there you'll find uh, my phone number and email Um, any contact info for me is right there and uh, they can get in touch with me and and usually within uh, just a few minutes or you know depending on what i'm doing for the day but uh, i'll be you know, getting right back in touch with them. So uh, that's probably the best way. And, and on my website, like I said, there's information about uh, the project. If they want to make a purchase on that, um, there's information on the the fiddle side as far as the rebuilding and repair work. And, and then there's also, uh, I do leather work as well, so there's a little bit of information on oh, that. Cool. Yeah, and then the, uh, the recording um, services that i offer as well yeah awesome well cool thanks jason i enjoyed talking to you and learning about your work and uh and especially you know your latest project i i I didn't realize that uh, you had carried that theme out all the way like that so i'm going to go back and and look at it again and uh and enjoy that that um that uh, futuristic side of it so that's cool and uh, we wish the best with your music and and your your tours with joe this year well, I, I appreciate it, and it's been a uh, been fun being on the show with you here today. And uh, and if you ever need me again, just you know, you got my number, so <laughs> be sure to absolutely. get back in touch. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles, and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.